0: Hey there, wingnuts, and welcome to episode six of the Wingnut Social Podcast. Today, we're busting myths about social media marketing with Scott Ayers.
1: Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your interior design business? Then welcome to Wingnut Social, the podcast specifically designed to accelerate your business through increased social media presence, impactful online content, and translating digital influence into physical success. This is your social media tightly fastened. Now welcome the host of Wingnut Social, Darla Powell.
2: Hey
0: there, Wingnuts. I am Darla Powell and I am joined here by the
1: ever bubbly Natalie and look at this people she actually remembered to introduce <laughs> me this time I imagine did, that I did promise I would get better right you, you know you're just here so six I figured- episodes in and she's finally remembered <laughs> the very first time instead of me just glaring at her like uh hello my designer is
0: always complaining that I think everybody's a mind reader so if I know you're here the audience should know you're here right Ah, uh, sure so, today, Natalie, we actually have Scott Ayers on the show of Agora Pulse, which we're going to get into a little bit in the show. He goes over, it's kind of like a
1: Hootsuite. I had to read about it because I really wasn't sure what it was. I'm like, so who's our podcast today, Darla? And I'm said, ooh, let me do some homework.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm still not quite sure what it is, but he has a super cool little podcast called the Social Media Lab Podcast. And it's right up my alley because it's totally freaking geeky right it's just social media stats i can picture him there with his lab coat doing everything and it's it's only like you you
1: are a geek I, yes. yes the it, audience must know darla is the biggest geek i think i've ever met if they haven't discovered that by now then their
0: <laughs> their observation skills are severely lacking so anyway the podcast itself is only like 5 10 15 minutes tops and it's really well done we'll put a link in the show notes to his podcast so you guys can go over and get your stats on so here we go. Help me in welcoming Scott Ayers to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Hey there, Scott Ayers. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast.
2: Thanks for having me on. I love the name of the podcast, by the way. I think that's really cool, and y'all's website is awesome, by the way.
0: Oh, thank you so much. We had a, a very excellent website designer, Justin East Hall. Little shout out, hey East Hall Designs in Miami, Florida. Yeah, I did really amazing. On it. There's a story behind the name, the Wingnut Social Podcast. It's actually my nickname, and if you've listened at all to any of the episodes, you could probably tell why. <laughs> my nickname is Wingnut, but there's a, there's a whole story behind yeah, that I'll get into fun. one day. So I was telling the audience a little bit about your background, about Pulse, your platform that you have, mm-hmm. and also your excellent podcast, the Social Media Lab podcast, which I'm totally geeking out on. <laughs> so what else can you tell us about yourself?
2: Well, about me personally, or about sure. Well, golly, sure.
0: who is Scott uh, Ayers, the man?
2: The man, the myth, the legend.
0: Yeah, uh,
2: <laughs> a legend in my own mind. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm kind of one of these guys who you know who's done a little of everything. To be honest with you, I've, I've people always say someone's a jack of all trades. I always say I'm a Scott of all trades because I've, I've done <laughs> you name it. I have probably have done it. From you know, I worked in the retail at a Best Buy for years. At 19, I was an apartment manager of a. million department at Best Buy. Oh, wow. uh, The youngest ever in their company, actually. Uh, And then, you know, I did delivery. I did, you know, sales at at Circuit City. I did, I was a Maytag repairman for a couple (laughs) of years. Yeah, repairing. We weren't the everybody said, you're the loneliest guy in town. You don't work. I'm like, man, we work so hard. Uh, (laughs) I I, I delivered appliances, you know, sold them, worked at a Sears. And then I, I, I ran as a pizza joint for a while couple of different times. Wow. And, I, and then I went back to college when I was like 29 and uh, got a degree. I have a degree hanging on my wall and I owe a lot of student loans to Baylor University uh, for <laughs> church recreation. Um, what? I was a, a youth minister and a sports oh, minister cool. for a couple of years, for about 10 years. Um, and so, yeah, my, wow. my life has gone and I've sold cars before.
0: Oh, I've done that too. Uh, that's I, a like, very, very I actually like selling
2: cars. It was kind of fun. Um, I did too.
0: I sold
2: Saturns. I sold Nissans in the middle of the economy <laughs> collapsing in 2007. Ooh, and we ouch. couldn't sell anything but the little tiny verses, And so we couldn't live off of it. So, we had, uh, so, oh, so yeah, I've right. kind of done a little of everything. And I accidentally fell into social media. Um, okay. I LinkedIn be- was the first social site I really kind of got into from the, on the marketing standpoint. Uh, I worked for an auto shipping broker at the time. We were we moved cars for a living, basically like people who bought stuff on eBay, you know that sort of thing. And, right, right, right. and he's like, "You got to get on LinkedIn. You've got to you got to get on there and you'll you make connections and you know find people. That's where people are, are making connections to do business." I'm like, "What? Okay, whatever, sure." You, MySpace was still a thing at that point. In Facebook, it was MySpace. it was still the Facebook I think at that point. <laughs> um, and so uh, I got on LinkedIn and went. Oh, this is genius! And I found so much business. Some of my best clients I found on LinkedIn, and and then you know I started my own transport company a few years later, and started working from home about ten years ago. So I worked from home for you know having this company, and and I went okay, I can use Twitter to find customers and Facebook, you know, get my friends to you know they need to move a car. I do it, and so I became addicted to, to social media because of that, and just from that, just started blogging about how to use social media, how to. Use this tool that was out at the time, which is long gone now, this app that was out there. Um, and I got hired on by that company because I was writing about them so much and, and doing so many blogs. He's like, hey, you want to come write for me? And then kind of the rest is history from there. I, I work for three app companies now um, and all in the social media space. And and I love it. It's, it's so to me, it's all, you know, one of those things where stuff you do a lot becomes common sense for you. But other people are really confused by it. Right, um, it's kind of how You're social media expert. has come to me. I look at stuff and go, "That's really simple." But you know, if you asked me to, you know, like my wife's a kindergarten teacher. If you asked me to go do that, I'd panic. You know, <laughs> so I, I understand where people come from. So yeah, that's kind of me in general. Uh, I'm I'm in a little town outside of Waco, Texas. That's why I have a very bad Southern drawl. Um, been married. You
0: have a very nice voice, by well, the thanks. way. Well, thanks.
2: It's that. not too yeah. southern. I, I, you know, <laughs> I, I've learned over the years to talk a little slower, so it's not as bad. I don't let my Texas hang out completely. Uh, but yeah, I've been I've been married about twenty four years and got three kiddos, and uh, so Sweet. yeah, we we uh, we enjoy life with three kids at all in school, which is a challenge. But and I get to work remotely from home for Agora Pulse. Um, we're a company of about forty five people around the globe. Um, about 12 of them, I think, work in the Paris office in France. Uh, and I got to go visit there recently. And the rest of us all work remotely, which is a really cool thing to, to be a part of.
0: Cool. So tell me how the podcast got started because it's very specific. Yeah. Right? It's very stat based, very 10, 15 minute. <laughs> let's, you know, do this very like, you know, niche little test yeah, with the, some great results.
2: The idea came out. Emmerich, our, our CEO, um, he wanted to do something different with. Social media blogging. Our blog itself on Agora Pulse had actually done very, very well and gets a boatload of traffic. Still does. But he went, hey, th- you know, this is great, but as a CEO, this isn't stuff I care about or want to share. And so I want to, I want to create stuff that's a lot more data driven. That's kind of what he was thinking. And so he he sought out to to do the social media lab and brought me on board uh, in January of 2017. I came on board. And our whole goal is just to do these really in depth tests uh, about social media strategies and tactics and all these myths that you hear a lot of, you know. And I'm using air quotes, you can't see me. Um, <laughs> all these gurus will say, mm-hmm. you should do this, should do that, but there's really not any proof in it. It's just they did it once or twice and it worked. So they, they tell everybody else it's to all go do it. Yeah. Right. And so he's like, let's, let's try this. Can we do something different? And so it took us eight to nine months before we finally. Published our first, first blog and podcast in August of, of 2017. So we're hitting right at a year. Actually, this week we're recording, I think we're hitting a year. And okay. so, yeah, thanks. So it's been kind of interesting, the, the whole process. Because before, I've probably written 2,000 blog posts about social media over the years. But most of them are those quick. You know, I can write it in 30, 40 minutes. You know, mm-hmm. I'm newsjacking. You know, I'm writing a list. You know, I call them listicles, you know. And <laughs> these, though, I mean, it, some of these tests take me about six weeks just to run the test. And then I'm pulling in data, and I get in this you know what I call you know spreadsheet hell sometimes, um, just <laughs> staring at the spreadsheets, pull through the data. And so what we're trying to do is get as much data as we can on these different things, using multiple accounts, whether it's on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, even YouTube, Google Plus. Later on, we'll probably do a little test there but our, is
0: Google plus still around it's <laughs> there and it's probably good for <laughs> SEO but
2: that's really not yeah. it but yeah, it is uh, good for SEO yeah that but I know other that. than that I don't think yeah, forget no it. one's engaging over there like they were in the beginning but
0: okay so you 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 talked a bit about the the myths, right, on yeah. social media and some of the stuff that you bust open, wide open. Because with your real research, I, I was just telling the audience, I can just picture you in your lab coat, your, <laughs> your, your lab coat with your little beakers.
2: I do have a lab coat, <laughs> by the way. I believe it. If you've seen our little science character or a scientist character we call him pat i don't know why we just called him <laughs> pat one day and it stuck i have an orange wig that i put on in team meetings So, uh, um so yeah we're You're my kind of guy. we're having fun with that i may actually show up at some conferences with, with the whole get up on
0: i love it so let's go into myths
2: yeah some of them probably the biggest one we went after right in the beginning and part of it is because we are a social media management platform mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of stuff all the time every year and this has come out Again, recently, I think you, you hear people say, well, you shouldn't schedule posts, you know, with a third party tool. Mm-hmm. And as a business, especially small, I'm thinking of your, your audience base, your small business, you got a lot of stuff to do. Um, and sitting there waiting for the time and are trying to remember to post something on social media is a nightmare. Uh, and, and so unless you hire it out to somebody and have them do it.
0: Like Wingnut Social. Yeah.
2: Yeah. There you go. Or, I mean, <laughs> and, and agencies like you use tools like these. So it's it's kind we of do. a, it helps everybody. Mm-hmm. And so we said, okay, let's see if this is really true. We knew it wasn't true, but we wanted to kind of have some data about it, not just give our opinion because it you know, helps our bottom line. And so I went out and tested, you know, from all the major apps, you know, the, the Hoot Suites, Buffer, mm-hmm. Sprout Social, Agorapulse, Post Planner, and Facebook, and tried to see, gotcha. you know, I, t- I posted for like two months. Not just three posts and say, okay, here's data. You know, it was a long test. Um, and we found that not only did Facebook not punish the reach, and we looked at reach. That's really the only thing we can kind of, you know, look at without being, like you said, anecdotal earlier. You know, because mm-hmm. engagement can be different based on every page. So you never know. You may have some rabid fan on one page. Skewed your numbers, so I looked at reach.
0: <laughs> that one stalker. Uh, yeah,
2: your mom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so, so I looked at reach, and w- the interesting thing, and I, I, I thought this would be, I thought this was wrong, and that's why I tested multiple, multiple times. The postman third-party apps actually had about twenty-two percent higher reach for whatever reason. Oh, wow. I don't think that was because they were from apps. It may just be because they were the better posts. I don't know, mm-hmm. but the point was, Facebook doesn't punish them. And we wanted to end that myth, and where that myth kind of comes from is, is most of you, you probably do anyway. you've you've heard of Mari Smith. Uh, sure. I love mari. she's she's a great lady. Uh, everybody call it? she's a queen of Facebook. Uh, mari Ferrari is what she used to call herself back in the day. <laughs> vroom, vroom. Uh yeah, exactly. Um, and so she she did a big test with Buzz Sumo. Uh, they pulled in data from I think it was about five million Facebook posts. And they concluded that third party apps, the engagement on third party apps was about 25% lower compared to native posts. Man, it was, Mm -hmm. people went nuts and went crazy, like, oh, we can't post anything with a tool anymore, you know? But the problem with that, and this is where these myths come in, is a study like that is pulling in data from stuff like people who cross post from Twitter or Instagram or an RSS Mm -hmm. feed or IFTTT, the if then, then that uh sure. software which a lot of times is very low quality posts um and their posts on pages where people aren't even engaging anyway uh and so mm-hmm. they lumped all that what i call garbage posts not marketing posts from legitimate businesses into this data set and made some conclusion on it and that's not science and i love Sumo and i love mari but when we talked about it and they, were, they had to come back and say, hey, you know what? We're wrong on that. We probably should have pulled out you know, scheduling tools for businesses and agencies, what the difference is. And they didn't do that. So that was a real big one in the beginning. Another big one that...
0: Before you go on there, you mentioned the engagement mm-hmm. on your test was higher on Facebook with the scheduling post. And my first thought... A- about that was is that because people are setting optimal times to post um,
2: no it, be, because on this test what i did is i scheduled the same exact time so, so if i scheduled ah, on facebook okay. at you know let's say wednesday at 2 p.m then i also had to post maybe the next wednesday at 2 p.m from an app so i used the ah, same okay. schedule and that's and that's part of the hard part of the testing you brought it's a good thing you brought that up because anytime you test up uh, You've got to try to pull out as many anomalies as you can because you just might right. get lucky. Sometimes you get, you know, you post what you think is the greatest post of all times <laughs> and then it, it, it bombs, but some sort of national tragedy or local uh, news story happened and this nobody right. saw it. That t- overtook the news feed on whatever social yeah. site it is. And so, especially Facebook. And so, we're very
0: careful to avoid that. Too. Yeah, if it happens. A tragedy comes yeah. up. We just wear crickets. It happens, be but respectful.
2: Uh, yeah. But sometimes people want to want to base their opinion on what's good or bad too quickly on social, um, hmm. and so that that's that's where we kind of try to make sure that it's all equal. We're, we're comparing you know oranges to oranges, not apples to oranges.
0: Did they have data for Instagram and Twitter?
2: Uh, we haven't tested on, on Instagram for third party because that just we just got the ability to publish directly to Instagram without your phone. Nice. Some apps still have to, you can schedule in their apps, but then you have to pull your phone out to do the rest. But we can actually publish directly to it. We could probably try some of that. That's a good idea. See now, I need to write that down. I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> You're welcome. I don't, let me make myself a note. Uh, now, Twitter. We actually did test on Twitter, and I don't have the data right in front of me, but I do know that we tested on Twitter, and it was the same sort of results. Twitter. It was actually only about a two and a half percent difference, you know, okay. f- between the two, which basically said it was even. Uh, right. Which is Move what further. I wanted to see. You know, I wanted the impressions on Twitter to hopefully be the same, and they were basically the same. I think. I think native Twitter was like two percent higher. Um, but again, it could be just be happenstance. Yeah. That's not enough for me to say, oh I, I need to walk away from scheduling my tweets because two percent so on both both sites, you know, we have found that that's a myth. There's no reason to you know bother and worry yourself so much about you know trying to be right there and post what happens if you don't schedule is you forget. And it's two exactly. weeks later and you're like, oh, I haven't posted anything. <laughs> and then you blast your page with 10 <laughs> posts and then you forget for another two weeks. So.
0: Exactly. And that's that's really good news for both you and me because oh, yeah. this is a social media marketing agency. we ju- You just can't do it without you know no. some kind of third-party mm-hmm. software. And you, that is your business. So good for us. Yay. What is another myth, Scott?
2: Um, another interesting myth that I-, I wanted to look at. I don't know if you call this a myth, but more of just something we wanted to see because it's there's confusion in it. Being so Facebook central, you know, central like I am, and Instagram, I know pretty much that photo posts tend to do better there on Facebook and Instagram. Obviously, Instagram is right. only photos, but on Facebook, I've always like, yeah, photos are going to always have higher reach. Videos are going to have higher reach as opposed to text only or or links. But what does LinkedIn look like? You know, what what is what happens over there? Because LinkedIn, like I said, comes and goes. Right now, LinkedIn's really hot again uh, because everybody's kind of been worried about facebook and changes there so a lot of people are going back to to linkedin but so we we tested different post types on linkedin to see if you know which one had higher what they call views or impressions over there which is equivalent to reach on facebook we tested photos we tested links we tested videos and we tested text only i assumed photos would be higher than all of them because that's just people stop and engage with that stuff but i was completely wrong on LinkedIn, this is so wild to me, um, and I still look at this stat and I'm like, this can't be right. But I tested it multiple times. The text-only posts on LinkedIn had a thousand sixty-nine percent higher views oh my than any other post when we, we averaged them together. Wow! Uh, and it was it was crazy, and we did it on multiple accounts. We use a there's a influencer named Melanie Dodara who wrote a book about LinkedIn, and so we use her account, we use Agora Pulse, and I use my personal account to test these. All three of them came up with the same sort of data. They are not maybe thousand percent each one of them, but they averaged together to get that. But the text only worked better every time. And I Mm -hmm. think the reason why is LinkedIn is so industry specific. So if you're an interior designer, you know, you're going to tend to connect with other interior designers or maybe people who are suppliers for your industry or crossover type, you know, Partners or, or, or right. you know people like that, and you're going to be in groups that are about your industry, and so the texts only tend to cause a lot more engagement because people will post a you know a question or a thought, you know, hey, I need to go do this. What do you recommend? And so I think that's why because people want to have those conversations around you know their topic on LinkedIn, where Facebook is you know it's about your kids and your cat and you know silly stuff, and then yeah you, you <laughs> get get an argument about politics or. You not know, me, or the NFL or sports yeah. or whatever. And Instagram tends to be, you know, pictures of you on the go, your food, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, your vacation, that stuff where LinkedIn is, is All just
0: riveting stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah. And LinkedIn is so industry specific that those sort of posts don't resonate to the audience as much. Um, they don't want to mm. engage with well, They might click on the link and go look at it, but they don't care about your lunch. You know, photo or right. anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Try questions. Try, you know, okay. well, I'm actually fixing the test right now only because this text thing that came out. So I, I'm going to test, you know, short form, you know, text only versus a long form. Because you get, a, I think it's like 5,000 characters. I could be wrong. You get a massive amount of character limit on, on LinkedIn. You can almost write a blog post in your your update. I want to test the two. <laughs> test a short one and then test a long one to see which one gets more, you know, views. Um, That will be kind of an interesting look. I assume the longer one will, but uh, I may be wrong. I'm going to try that too. Yeah. So I would leverage that, especially if you're, uh, especially in the B2B world, uh, LinkedIn does so well over there uh, because you're 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 so industry specific.
0: Right. And that's one thing that, you know, I found since we're talking about LinkedIn too is that, you know, they have that. that opportunity there where you can publish an article in LinkedIn. Like if you have a blog, that works really well too. It's a little bit off the, off the track, but just in case you guys are out there saying LinkedIn, what the heck? Same with
2: they, they own SlideShare. So you can also do slides in it. You know, the SlideShare, I think it's SlideShare.net. Is that right? Um, I've got one that I published inside a blog post years ago. It's like, you know, 200,000 views over the years because it's connected <laughs> nice. to my LinkedIn account. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, all, it's always it's there. It's
0: definitely underutilized for yeah. bloggers, especially. It's really a nice little uh, nifty trick. Yeah. I think Natalie had something for you.
1: I, I do. I actually, I've been listening um, because I've been learning a lot from this because, you know, I knew all these things that Darla will come by and say, hey, did you know this? I'm like, oh, okay. And then so I have to go read about it because, you know, I'm not. <laughs> I'm forcing it to learn. Yes, I'm not exactly an expert in social media. Um, I she just does the books. I do the books. <laughs> but anyways, my question is, if a business decides, hey, listen, you know, I've been listening to this, he's got some really good ideas, how could you suggest that they could do a little bit of their own testing, mm-hmm. and how long should a business run their test? I mean, how much time should be invested for them to do that to see what works better for their business?
2: That's a great question, because, I mean, everything we're saying, and we've tested... Yeah, it's worked for us. Now we'll put a little caveat that we do try to stick everything in what we call a statistical significance calculator, which is a geeky way of just trying to make sure it's it's accurate. It'll work for everybody. Sometimes it won't. We will get a, a, re, a result back that's not high enough to say say it's statistically significant. Most of the time it does, and we're honest about that in our posts. But from there, though, I mean, as a business, I think the biggest problem is businesses don't stay consistent with what their posting method or whatever that Amen. method is, whether it's their ads. Whether it's a strategy or a type of post, so I think you, you got to stay consistent with it, and you got to You know, try it for at least thirty days, and it's okay. got to be more than just one post a week. Or <laughs> you know, or, hey, I post that once in thirty days. You got to be, you got to have some sort of strategy behind it, Consistency. and that's yeah, and that's hard. I think for for a lot of small, I own a small business currently in my town on the side that I do. It's in the bounce house business industry, and <laughs> rent and bounce houses and water slot. I didn't see stuff. that coming. As I've been doing it about five years. Well, that goes back to my recreation background, I think. Right. And so I'm actually about to pass the business over to my brother, but I've, I've been running for about five years. It's been an interesting experiment for me in social media plus, you know, just on the local side. But I've noticed if I'm, when I'm consistent with how I do something, I get a lot better results. So consistency is the first thing. Make sure you do it for at least 30 days. Um, And then kind of go and look at your insights, which I know a lot of people have a really bad habit of never looking at the insights. Um, Look and see what it's working. Is is engagement up? Is it down? You know, did followers increase or decrease? Did that ad with XYZ format work better than ABC format? You know, so you got to try different things, not just do it once and then say, oh, it it failed. So I'm never going to do it again.
0: Right, that's what I'm constantly telling the listeners yeah. and that you can't go like even on Twitter. I'll use Twitter as an example because d- interior designers notoriously hate Twitter. <laughs> but I'm like, well, don't just do read, <laughs> don't just forward your tweets from Facebook. No, that's the yeah. worst. I actually give it a I, real shot. Yeah, cross
2: posting is as a big no-no for me. I don't. Yeah, I it's it. every site is so different. You need to mm-hmm. post specifically for that site because it's going to show up differently, and you don't know what it's going to look like. But so I think that consistency. Mm-hmm. Give it 30 days. You know, and, and don't let whatever your account is go stale, you know, because the way those algorithms work, you know, like I've got an old page and I'm, it's like sometimes, you know, the cobbler's kids don't have shoes kind of thing, you know, Um, and so I have this page that's got like 12,000 likes on, on Facebook that I used to do a lot of stuff with. And then I, you know, I got hired on at a company and kind of push it to the side. And then I I try to post to that stupid page and I get a reach (laughs) of about 200 people. And I'm like, oh, there's twelve thousand people who were targeted. I I, I spent a lot of money on ads to get them targeted. But now, because I went like you know a year without posting to it, trying wow. to revive that thing is is miserable. Uh, <sighs> and sometimes now with the algorithm, if you wait, you know if it t- if somebody doesn't engage with you for a week to ten days, you're they may never see your post again. You know, and so if you go dead, that's like the worst thing ever. You know, you need to. You know, get out the paddles and (laughs) clear.
0: (laughs) And I'm so glad you're reiterating this because that really is my number one thing. You know, social media designers, social media doesn't work for my design business, but they'll throw up like one or two posts or or do like you said before, you know, they'll forget for two weeks and throw up 10 for two days. Right. (laughs) So it's very inconsistent. So let's talk a little bit more about Agora Pulse. You mentioned earlier that you were just approved to post directly from Mm -hmm. that to Instagram, which is huge because- in some of the other bigger platform, even HeyOrca, some of the big platforms still you have to wait to get the notification on your iPhone. It's such a pain in the butt. Oh,
2: yeah. Especially if you have multiple Instagram accounts. That's really a pain. I, I end up posting the wrong client stuff to their account. like <laughs> Oops.
0: Uh, yeah, no, it's such a pain in the butt. So that's a, an amazing plus. Let me ask you, can you also comment and engage from Agorapulse?
2: Yeah, I mean, what we do, we schedule for one. That's kind of the, the basic thing most people use is scheduling. But you can, the biggest part really with the app is, is you can moderate your comments from all the major sites. So you can moderate comments on Instagram, um, comment, you know, replies and mentions and even DMs on Twitter. Um, and nice. comments, posts, reviews, Facebook ads, and Facebook messages on Facebook. And there is some YouTube commenting now you can actually do in the app.
0: Terrific. Um, you and I are going to have to talk after the so, podcast.
2: <laughs> so the main goal really is to make, and you know, I've been there, even as a small business, I'm thinking my little bounce house business. I have a YouTube account. I've got Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, which granted Twitter died off for me because it didn't make sense for my target, for my market. So I quit wasting my time on it. Uh, But even just the three, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook, to have to go to each one of those sites constantly to make sure I check comments is like a nightmare. Uh, And you miss you know, half of them at least, if not more, uh, because the notifications get all goofy on Facebook sometimes or get mixed in with other stuff. And so with that, the whole idea on the moderation side of it is to kind of get you to what we call inbox zero. So, kind of think about your email, and you get your email in, that you get that magical zero, <laughs> <Not> your <laughs> inbox zero thing. You're so uh-huh. happy. So, our whole thing is that you look, you can go and look at your Facebook page, and just clear out all the comments and make sure you've answered every one of them and replied or hit like on it or whatever. Uh, and so, it's all managed in one spot. Like I, for our account, uh, for Agora Pulse, I do our social media for our, for us too, and I only check it like two to three times per day, and that's it.
0: That's nice. I clear it in the
2: morning. The mornings are always the toughest because it's overnight and we're a global company. So there's a lot of activity overnight when it's, you know, daytime in Europe. You know, it's night here. I'll check it around lunchtime just to make sure there's nothing like somebody angry or, you know, having a problem, <laughs> you know, tweeting us and that kind of thing. And then I'd, I'll check it about five or six in the evening and then I'm done. That's it. And I literally only spend a couple of minutes each time.
0: And that's so important cuz you know interior designers a lot of our audience are solopreneurs they're yeah. just starting or the, you know they're they don't have the time no. so anything that can save them time with a management tool like Agora Pulse that's that's amazing so it's definitely worth looking into so Scott you have given us some great information and now we have reached the part of the Wingnut Social podcast it's our fire round are you ready For the What Up Wingnut round.
2: Now it's time for What Up Wingnut.
0: Okay. First question. If you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be and why?
2: Uh, I would probably be a peach tree. Uh, And why is, for one, as a kid growing up in Texas, we had a peach grove of about 10 trees, probably, that grew peaches. In the summer, the best thing was to go climb that tree and pull off a ripe peach Uh, and go eat it right there off the Such tree. a Sweet
0: answer, uh, I love and, it. And the These cool are some thing, good answers. The cool
2: yeah. thing about a peach tree, too, if you don't know. Granted, if you don't water it after a while, it'll die off. But what happened to us <laughs> all. But we had droughts hit. But the peaches, you know, when they, the ones that do fall to the ground, you know, they dry up and they get those big seeds in it. Those big seeds, can, if they get in the ground far enough, grow another tree. So it's almost it just kind of keeps reproducing in a sense if you have the right sort of soil around it. So it's one of those things you can leave alone and they would take care of themselves. Uh, that's a very time, zen
0: but, answer. Yeah, But I, I love, love it. I love the peach tree. Yeah. <laughs> all right, the second question: If you were on a desert island and could only have one food forever, what would it be?
2: I would probably say beef jerky. If I could have, <laughs> you know, a like teriyaki flavored beef jerky, you know, jack's Link beef jerky, I eat that yeah, all the time. Delicious. That's my favorite snack, and that's probably what I'd. Have. And I could eat it and takes it's. You don't get bored eating it, you know. So
0: <laughs> I like that. that's the first beef jerky answer we've had.
2: There, so. <laughs> oh, I am very, in Texas, so you know.
0: Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> Silly me. I should have seen it come. Right. If you could have one superhero power, what would it be and why?
2: Oh, there's so many to choose from here. I, For me, I, I was going to say flying first, but I changed it to just teleporting because why waste the energy to get there? Just make your mind transport you to France if you want to go to France.
0: That's awesome. Uh, Did you ever just, see the movie Jumper?
2: No, I haven't. I oh, know.
0: you got to watch that. It's all about teleporting. Oh, it's, it's terrific. <laughs> Which leads me to my next question. What is your favorite movie of all time?
2: By far, this is the easiest answer. I actually got tied between two in my mind. Ferris Bueller's Day Off is by far my favorite movie. (laughs) Uh, I was a kid during that, a teen, you know, a teen when that movie came out in the 80s. And it's just, uh, to me, I've probably watched it a thousand times. I could watch it again today if I wanted to and still get excited about it. Just, you know, a group of kids having fun, skipping school and, and having these crazy adventures and, you know, living life and... Other than that, would be, this my, my, my tied one was Rudy.
0: So. Oh, can you believe I've never seen the Ferris Bueller Oh, you got to go
2: watch it. It is so great. <laughs> There's so many lines in that movie that I still say today. I mm-hmm.
0: have to put that on my list. And last but certainly not least, what is the number one item on your bucket list right now?
2: <sighs> this was hard. I actually don't have a bucket list. So I will say that. Uh, I kind of, I'm more of a guy who lives life as it comes. You know, men, it refers back to all the jobs I've had. So I don't have a bucket list. But if I did have one, I'm on a goal right now as a family. We're trying to drive to and visit every state in the continental U.S. Um, Before my oldest, she's 12, before she graduates high school. And so we're about 15, 17 states into that little adventure. Uh, And so that's my – if I had a bucket list, that's the one thing I'm trying to accomplish in the next few years. We're fixing – I think in the next summer, we're going to drive for about two weeks around the country and try to wipe out the West Coast, I think.
0: Well, for someone without a bucket list, that's a really good bucket list. Item.
2: Well, yeah. yeah but I don't feel, awesome. you know, I don't have anything. I'm not that adventurous other than that. So, but yeah.
0: Thank you so much, Scott, for playing. And tell our listeners where they can reach you and how they can find out more about Agora Pulse in your podcast.
2: Yeah, the easiest place is to uh, just look for Agora Pulse. We're at Agora Pulse everywhere on social. Uh, you can go to agorapulse.com and you can get a free trial of the app. And then our, for Social Media Lab, if you listen to podcasts on iTunes or Stitcher, just search for Social Media Lab or go to agorapulse.com forward slash social media lab. You'll see Pat with his orange hair and you know you're in the right place.
0: (laughs) You had me at orange hair. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being on the Wingnut Social Podcast, Scott. You have an awesome day and we'll be in touch. We're going to talk about that Agorapulse.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: So Natalie, as a social media Novice, what wisdom did Scott impart to you today? Consistency. 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 I've been saying consistency forever. Well, I don't listen to you. <laughs> Evidently not. How shocking was the LinkedIn stats that he said
1: about just doing the text instead of the picture? Got like it was some crazy Sounds thousand like over a thousand something. It was unbelievable. And a lot of people just don't pay any attention to that platform and it's amazing that I was shocked, you look shocked. If you could see her face right now, it is just a look of shock. <laughs> so, Darla, you keep saying and telling everybody that you're a wingnut. Why don't you give us a little bit about why you're a wingnut? Oh, popular demand. People want to know. Okay. Well, not really, but we're, I'm being polite. <laughs> go ahead.
0: <laughs> yeah. So Wingnut Social is Wingnut Social because that is my nickname, Wingnut. And how this came to be is I'm actually a retired uh, sergeant with uh, Miami Police Department, Miami Dade, actually. We won't be vague. And when I was a rookie, I would go to calls. And once we'd wrapped up the calls, you know, safety and public service and all that, you know, all the squad members would be around talking and shooting the poop or whatever. And I would see a bird and I'd be like, oh, look, a bird and walk off and go investigate it (laughs) or whatever, a puppy, a bird, you know. And one of my friends at the time was like, oh my God, that Darla, she's such a wingnut. And that stuck. That's been my nickname for the last almost 20 years. If I'm at Home Depot, and someone I hear someone ask the Home Depot guy, hey, where are the wing nuts? I'll turn around. <laughs> she will. That's, she will. So there you go. There you have it. She's there. also
1: anti-wingnut, you know, whatever.
0: Yeah, there's wing the four
1: one one on the wing nut? So that's, that's it for today's show. Nat, you got anything else? I don't. Uh, listen up. Scott was really interesting. Maybe you guys can learn something from there because I tell you what, I, I learned a little because remember, I'm just the books girl. So. You might not have
0: something else, but I have something else. So I'm guys,
1: sure. fellow wingnuts, if you like what you hear, go ahead and hit up
0: that subscription button in iTunes. Please tell all your friends to listen. Enemies. Tell your enemies to listen. Enemies, yes right and be sure to go head on over to wingnutsocial.com and find out what we're all about we are on all the social media channels at wingnut social now i think we're done so long
1: see you later